It's April the 24th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. And we are in today the book of 1 Samuel. Before we jump into the text, I thought I'd read you a, a little message, a little comment that we received. And I want to say thank you so much for your comments. You can make the comments on Facebook, on YouTube, on the Rumble video platform. Uh, you can send me an email. Uh, you can make comments right on the Keep Believing website. I try to read them all and answer as many of them as I can. And someone said this, we, we are enjoying... We are enjoying the Bible reading. We've missed a day or so, but catch up the very next day, praying for you to be able to see this through. I'm sure it's demanding and difficult as God's work can be. May God richly bless you. Well, let me tell you one thing. He has certainly richly blessed me. I've done more Bible reading out loud this year than I've done, I probably truthfully, more this year than the whole rest of my life all Put together, and I am richly blessed by it. Is it demanding? Well, it's a big job, and we've got a long way to go. We're almost one third of the way through the Bible. But I, I like what my friend said. We're we've missed a day or so, but catch up the very next day. Let me say this: that's one reason why we archive all these videos on YouTube, on Facebook, on Rumble, and on the Keep Believing website, so that if you miss a day, and look everybody's going to miss a day, or almost everybody is. I know that if I was trying to watch 365 videos in a row, I'd miss a bunch. That's why we, we archive them. So anytime you want, you can start anywhere you want. And if you start in April, the preceding months, they're online. You can watch them anytime you like. So thank you so much for being part of this. I'm just, just honored that you would join us for this reading of God's Word. So yesterday, we started 1 Samuel. Remember our very simple outline, three men, Samuel, Saul, David. Samuel, chapters 1 through 7, Saul, chapters 8 through 15, and David, chapters 16 through 31. You're going to see as the book unfolds how simple and clear this outline really is. Now today, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Some strange things are going to happen down in Philistine territory. So let's begin to read chapter 4. And Samuel's words came to all Israel. Israel went out to meet the Philistines in battle and camped at Ebenezer, while the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines lined up in battle formation against Israel. And as the battle intensified, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who struck down about 4,000 men on the battlefield. When the troops returned to the camp, the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord defeat us today before the Philistines? Let's bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Shiloh. Then it will go with us and save us from our enemies. So the people sent men to Shiloh to bring back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord entered the camp, all the Israelites raised such a loud shout that the ground shook. Philistines heard the sound of the war cry and asked, What is this loud shout in the Hebrews' camp? When the Philistines discovered that the ark of the Lord had entered the camp, they panicked. A god has entered their camp. They said, Woe to us. Nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us. Who will rescue us from these magnificent gods? These are the gods that slaughtered the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. 
Show some courage and be men, Philistines. Otherwise, you'll serve the Hebrews just as they served you. Now be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was severe. Thirty thousand of the Israelite foot soldiers fell. The ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. That same day, a Benjamite man ran from the battle and came to Shiloh. His clothes were torn, and there was dirt on his head. When he arrived, there was Eli sitting on his chair beside the road waiting because he was anxious about the ark of God. When the man entered the city to give a report, the entire city cried out. Eli heard the outcry and asked, why this commotion? The man quickly came and reported to Eli. At that time, Eli was 98 years old and his eyes didn't move because he couldn't see. The man said to Eli, I'm the one who came from the battle. I fled from there today. What happened, my son? Eli asked. The messenger answered, Israel has fled from the Philistines, and also there was a great slaughter among the people. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are both dead, and the ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward off the chair by the city gate, and since he was old and heavy, his neck broke and he died. Eli had judged Israel forty years. Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and about to give birth. When she heard the news about the capture of God's ark and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, she collapsed and gave birth because her labor pains came on her. As she was dying, the women taking care of her said, Don't be afraid, you've given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, referring to the capture of the ark of God and to the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband. The glory has departed from Israel, she said, because the ark of God has been captured. 1 Samuel 5. After the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, brought it into the temple of Dagon, and placed it next to his statue. When the people of Ashdod got up the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen with his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and returned him to his place. But when they got up early the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen with his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. This time, Dagon's head and both of his hands were broken off and lying on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso remained. That is why still today, the priests of Dagon and everyone who enters the temple of Dagon and Ashdod do not step on Dagon's threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod. He terrified the people of Ashdod and its territory and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of Israel's God must not stay here with us because his hand is strongly against us and our God Dagon. So they called all the Philistine rulers together and asked, What should we do with the ark of Israel's God? The ark of Israel's God should be moved to Gath, they replied. So they moved the ark of Israel's God. After they'd moved it, the Lord's hand was against the city of Gath, causing a great panic. He afflicted the people of the city from the youngest to the oldest with an outbreak of tumors. The people of Gath then sent the ark of God to Ekron, but when it got there, the Ekronites cried out, they've moved the ark of Israel's God to us to kill us and our people. The Ekronites called all the Philistine rulers together. They said, send the ark of Israel's God away. Let it return to its place so it won't kill us and our people. For the fear of death pervaded the city. God's hand was oppressing them. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors, and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. 1 Samuel 6. 
when the ark of the Lord had been in Philistine territory for seven months, Philistines summoned the priests and the diviners and pleaded, what should we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we can send it back to its place. They replied, if you send the ark of Israel's God away, do not send it without an offering. Send back a guilt offering to him and you will be healed. Then the reason his hand hasn't been removed from you will be revealed. They asked, what guilt offering should we send back to him? And they answered, five gold tumors and five gold mice, corresponding to the number of Philistine rulers, since there was one plague both for you and your rulers. Make images of your tumors and of your mice that are destroying the land. Give glory to Israel's God. Perhaps he will stop oppressing you, your gods, and your land. Why harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened theirs? When he afflicted them, didn't they send Israel away and Israel left? Now then, prepare one new cart and two milk cows that have never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the cart, but take their calves away and pin them up. Take the ark of the Lord, place it on the cart, and put the gold objects you're sending him as a guilt offering in a box beside the ark. Send it off and let it go its way. Then watch. If it goes up the road to its homeland toward Beth Shemesh, it is the Lord who has made this terrible trouble for us. However, if it doesn't, we will know that it was not his hand that punished us. It was just something that happened to us by chance. The men did this. They took two milk cows, hitched them to the cart, and confined their calves in the pen. Then they put the ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the box containing the gold mice and the images of their tumors. The cows went straight up the road to Beth Shemesh. They stayed on that one highway, lowing as they went. They never strayed to the right or to the left. The Philistine rulers were walking behind them to the territory of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley, and when they looked up and saw the ark, they were overjoyed to see it. The ark came to the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stopped there near a large rock. The people of the city chopped up the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites removed the ark of the Lord along with the box containing the gold objects and placed them on the large rock. That day, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. When the five Philistine rulers observed this, they returned to Ekron that same day. As a guilt offering to the Lord, the Philistines had sent back one gold tumor for each city, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The number of gold mice also corresponded to the number of Philistine cities of the five rulers, the fortified cities, and the outlying villages. The large rock on which the ark of the Lord was placed is still in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh today. God struck down the people of Beth Shemesh because they looked inside the ark of the Lord. He struck down 70 people. The people mourned because the Lord struck them with a great slaughter. The people of Beth Shemesh asked, Who is able to stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God? To whom should the ark go from here? They sent messengers to the residents of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and get it. <laughs> Man, these stories, they just get better and better. So he struck them with tumors, the Philistines, struck them with tumors, and they made five gold tumors, and the mice infested the whole Philistine territory, so they made five gold mice. And the Philistines figured it out. It's kind of interesting. These pagan priests of the Philistines, they figured out, this is, this is, Israel's God who has done this to you. you got to make it right with Israel's God. 
the pagans understood at least that much. Then you have these two milk cows. Isn't that something? The two milk cows. Got the calves back here. They're, they're, mow, they're mooing and lowing as they go up the road. But the text says they went straight to Beshemesh. They knew where they were from. They knew where they belonged. They were going home. They didn't turn to the left or to the right. Who sent the mice? God did. Who sent the cows? God did. Learn the lesson today. Learn the lesson. The mice obeyed the Lord. The cows obeyed the Lord. We ought to be at least as smart as the mice and as the cows. Don't be pig-headed in your dogged determination to go your own way. Be as smart as the mice. Be as wise as the cows. And serve the Lord today. It's a good thought, isn't it? Our God is in charge. He is in charge. Behold, the mice of the field and the cows of the field, they obey the Lord. God, give us that great same heart of obedience to follow him wherever he leads today. Go out and have a great day, folks. It is going to be a great day. And come back tomorrow. This story just gets better and better and better. See you back here tomorrow. God bless.